Welcome to the Scale Your Business podcast, where we want to help small business owners like you succeed. I'm your co-host, Amari Haywood-Gonzalez. And I'm your co-host, Andrew Dupéval. Thank you guys for tuning in today's episode. We have a lot in store for you guys. Yeah, today I'm going to be interviewing Andrew, allowing him to share a story with you guys, just so you can get to know him a little bit better. Let's get it. All right, awesome. Let's get started then. So, Andrew, do you want to start off by telling us a bit about yourself? So, right now, I'm a freelance startup consultant working through my company, Entre Dupe. My main mission is to help entrepreneurs monetize their skills and their passion, start their business, and manifest their five-year vision. Right now, I'm also in the process of finalizing and getting ready to release my new 12-week startup boot camp program, which is the main mission for that program is to help entrepreneurs navigate from the idea phase all the way up to first-year operation. So essentially, it's really just helping them with the whole startup journey, but in an accelerated and stable manner. The program is going to start in April, so I'll be releasing more information about that shortly. I'm also the co-founder of a new startup called Young Hustlers Under 40. Young Hustlers Under 40 is an entrepreneur development network created to help entrepreneurs become a better version of themselves. Um, and I'm also on the board of three other nonprofits. Um, as far as these nonprofits, they're still in their pr- startup phase. So a lot of things are still being ironed out, but I will be releasing more information shortly. All right. Awesome. Yeah, that's um, quite a lot of stuff there. And I know me and you met at Salem State as well, too. So just want to go and break down a few of these key things. But first, you want to just start off with your story growing up um, through high school, college, um, into your professional journey all the way up to today. So for me, it started back in high school when I would say that I, I really entered into this new version of myself, which was obviously to, to acquire and gain skills and to pursue entrepreneurship. It was junior year of high school. I asked my guidance counselor if, if I, I could go to a four-year college and pursue the, the career of a doctor. And she laughed and said that, yeah, that's not going to happen based on my my history, my my record in school and all that sort of stuff. It wasn't nothing crazy that I was doing. But of course, you know, I acted out here and there in class. And she just said, like, yeah, you, you're not going to be able to go to a four-year college. You should probably look into a two-year college and probably look at a, a career that's a little bit less um, less focused on merit. And that inspired me. It pushed me. I was already on the on the mindset of, yeah, I'm going to kill this semester. I'm going to I'm gonna get good grades. I'm going to go into honors class. I was already in that type of mindset, but just her telling me that really pushed me to go even harder and really prove it wrong, right? They say that a lot of times when people are going into these entrepreneur-type ventures or they're they become great leaders. A lot of times they were pushed by some type of rejection. And that was my rejection at that moment was my guidance counselor telling me that I turned things around, ended up graduating with a pretty decent GPA, got accepted to Salem State four year college. Um, and I, I, I went I majored in biology. I was going to pursue that career of being a doctor. When I first entered um, Salem State and, and it was my first semester, and I was in bio class. I did pretty good. I got an A for the semester, but to get that A, I had to learn a lot about cells and microorganisms and 
all these different subjects that I wasn't really interested in. I was more so interested in anatomy. That's what actually pushed me to want to be a doctor. So when I was in these classes learning about microcells and organisms, microorganisms, it kind of just turned me off a bit. And I was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe being a doctor is not something I want to do for the rest of my life. And if you look at like how much time I'm spending just studying how much time I'm going to have to spend to be a, an intern as a doctor to go to medical school, how much money I'm going to have to spend. Maybe this whole trajectory or this career trajectory is not something that I would find myself enjoying much. So I started to look at my several different options. Even in high school, I always knew I wanted a business, even though I wanted to be a doctor. So I, I, my whole dream was to be a doctor and own a business or several businesses because I knew being a doctor couldn't be the only source of income. So it made me at that time when I realized, OK, maybe I don't want to be a doctor. Maybe I should just go full force into business and, and investing into stocks and wealth management, and all that sort of stuff. So I changed my man, my major second semester freshman year to corporate finance and accounting and then minored in economics and I didn't and I knew that was the right major for me ever since then my first couple of accounting classes my first finance classes I knew that yeah this is exactly where I want to be for the rest of my life or at least for the next 10 15 years of my life fast forward graduated um college at Salem State University yes freshman years when I met Amari we were part of a club together we ran the club and we were able to really hone in on our leadership skills together and iron sharpen iron sharpens iron so I know Amari definitely sharpened me up as an entrepreneur throughout that college experience and once we graduated I wanted to continue that entrepreneurship experience and all the things we learned in college whether it was on the 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 board of trustees or whether it was the the Alpha Club that me and Amari ran together or whether it was the the Brotherhood, whatever it was that I was a part of during college, I try to shape all those experiences and all that knowledge into my future. So after I graduated, uh, I was the, I was hired by North Shore CDC to be their small business consultant um, and North Shore CDC is a nonprofit. Their main mission is to help with affordable housing and help the community of Salem especially the minority community, the immigrant community, help them by bettering themselves, by providing them resources, providing them tools, especially affordable housing. But they also recognize that a lot of businesses in those neighborhoods needed education and needed resources as well to become bigger businesses and become um, a bigger and stronger source of income for those immigrants. So that's when they hired me. I got a lot of experience through that learned about the small businesses, especially mom and pops, learned about their common challenges, their common needs. And it just pushed me to, to go harder with everything and definitely look forward to to continuing to, to help startups and grow in that venture. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, really interesting story getting to meet you as well, too. Uh, I guess my next question for you would be, as you think about like some of the experiences you had growing up and at North Shore CDC, uh, what are some of the key takeaways or lessons that you feel like help um, currently help you today with Entree Dupe as well as young hustlers under 40 um, just to make that successful? Like, what do you feel like um, has been, you know, some of the, the best lessons you felt like you've learned that have helped? The biggest lessons that I really learned was really more so take your time, look at all the different responsibilities you have outside of your business 
including your family, your friends, love, health, all that sort of stuff. Look at all those responsibilities and goals you have for those aspects of your life. Then take a look at your business goals and map it out properly. And I don't mean map it out for the next couple of weeks, next couple of months. No, I mean map it out for the next year, month to month. And then try to even map it out for the next two years. Really be intentional about manifesting that five-year vision and making it realistic. I think being around so many entrepreneurs and startups, I've been around so many people with ideas. Only a minimal or a very small portion of those people have actually built or started building that business or manifesting that idea. And an even smaller amount of those people have opened up for business and now are ready to operate or are currently operating. So the reason because of that is because a lot of people didn't map out actual steps and a roadmap to accomplishing and manifesting that five-year vision. A lot of them don't even have a five-year vision. So I would say, yeah, that's that's my biggest lesson is just take your time, pace yourself, take a step back and construct that five-year vision. Nice. And as you think about like taking a step back and constructing that five-year vision, um, what does that look like to you? I know some people, um, like my friend Ronnie, like to use vision boards where they kind of take pictures of all the things they want to achieve and put on the board to remind themselves. Um, are you kind of writing it down on paper, a combination of the both? Um, what does that look like? You know, some people even, you know, might take a whole day off and, you know, there's always the, you know, I went into the woods and mapped out my whole life. But um, <laughs> what's your process in terms of like, hey, I want to sit down and create my my five-year goals and how often do you reflect on that as well as maybe your one-year or even monthly goals kind of stuff? Yeah, that's a great question. So obviously, you know, I just graduated college. So this is really my first time ever even thinking of a five-year goal. The last time I ever thought of a five-year goal was, hey, I need to graduate Salem State with a bachelor's degree and then start and then start medical school. Obviously, I didn't, I had to readjust that plan because I didn't continue to want to go to medical school. But I knew that five-year goal was definitely to graduate college even within that five-year before hitting that by four years. So I knew that was always my goal and I accomplished it. Now that I've graduated, this is really my first time saying, okay, I'm on my own and it's my responsibility to set up goals that I want to accomplish by five years. So this is my first time, but I'm pretty comfortable setting up one-year goals and seeing seeing and yielding results with those one-year goals and achieving those one-year goals. I'm pretty confident in that. I do want to get better. So some of the things that I do and some of the things that I have done to help me plan out my five-year vision is one, watch a few videos on how other people do it, right? So my my biggest inspiration or my biggest help with my five-year vision is Patrick De- Bet David. He has a few videos on business plans and your next 15 moves. So I took that and I just started writing stuff down. I analyzed the past year, 2019, analyzed the good, the bad, and the ugly for every aspect of my life. Health, relationships, business, personal development, um, fitness, spirituality. I took a look at all the good, the bad, the ugly of 2019 in those categories. Then for 2020, I put what are my three goals for each of those categories. So three goals for financial, three goals for my health, three goals for personal development, three goals for my relationships, 
three goals for my business, three goals for my spirituality. You write those three goals. Then you write down three habits to help you achieve those goals. And then three habits you would like to remove. And that is stopping you from achieving those goals. So I'm attacking it in different ways, and but it's only three. So that way I don't get overwhelmed like, damn, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do that. Plus, on top of that, I got to do this over there with that category. Instead, it's just three per category. And as for me, I only put down six categories, right? So that's definitely helped me map out the next year in terms of what I want done and what I want accomplished. But at the same time, how it's going to get done. I think that's what we always forget when we're planning is, yeah, you can put down the goal. You can say you want to get that done, but how is it going to get done in that time frame? What resources do you need to get that done? What is going to help you get that done faster or efficiently? What is going to prevent you from getting that done, right? Sometimes your prevention of your own self, your procrastination is preventing you. So on another page, you write down all the obstacles that are going to stop you from having a good year and stop you from achieving your goals. And you write down, okay, procrastination, laziness, sleeping in, you know, whatever vices that you might have. You start writing down those obstacles because those are some of the things that are going to prevent you from achieving the goals, right? So those are some of the quick tips that I've been doing to help me just map out my year, map out the next couple of months, and at the same time, map out the five-year vision. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome, too. And I love the idea of also focusing on the habits and stuff that you personally have to remove that kind of stand in your way, too. Um, you know, I always talk to Andrew, and one of my methods is the, we call it the Warren Buffett exercise, which you pick 25 things you want to focus on for the next five years. And then from there... Um, you have to siphon it down to five. So it's really a lot of the time, the real power is figuring out what you have to give up and what you have to sacrifice as well to really achieve things too. Because I think so many people get focused on, hey, I want to do all of these things and stuff too. And that's great. But achieving that also means that, you know, for every day, you know, you stay in and, you know, maybe you're working on building an app is one less day that you can go out and do other things. So it's all about prioritizing and, and figuring out which things are important to you and, and why. And then I think that once you have a, a clear focus, that really helps. Because what I've noticed too is that people are much more um, accepting of you saying, hey, I can't go out tonight because, you know, I'm sitting down building a business um, or doing something else more than just saying, I can't. You know, it's like having that reason behind why you do everything. It really makes everything you do much more clearer and allows your whole life to be more intentional and focused on one path. So before I get into to a little bit about your business, I've always been curious, uh, what's the process like of joining a nonprofit on a board? Um, you know, I know in the beginning stages, they're still figuring out a lot of things, but how do you identify like, hey, I'm going to be able to give, you know, five hours a week and, and in the process of also creating your own role? And um, yeah, how has that process been? I know you're part of uh, three nonprofits. So if you want to go on um, a little bit about each, uh, how you got involved and um, how you kind of manage the workload on top of uh, your full-time <laughs> entrepreneur um, endeavors. So Now, that was a great question. And for me, it definitely differs depending on which nonprofit we're talking about, right? So the first one that I joined was One Little Light. So One Little Light is a nonprofit. We already got our 501c3. We already building, We already built the vision, built the mission statement. We're working on marketing materials, promotional materials, so that way we can start putting it out to the public and looking for donors and looking for the people that are interested in the work that we do. How I joined was 
Ozma, she she's the founder of it. She already had a lot of that structure already built in terms of like what vision she had, what mission she had. And she realized like, okay, I need to bring a team on board so we can really manifest that. So what she did was she she started inviting people that she knew that she already had worked with. So she invited me and just said, hey, would you like to be on it? I said, of course I would because um, I already knew what her story was. I already knew what her businesses were. I already knew what the nonprofit was. So I was like, yeah, of course I'll join that. And you just go to the be- the board meeting and we- I got voted in because it was already her and I believe two other people at the time or one other person. So all she had to do was just vote me in. Now, as far as Elevate Network, Steven Nguy, he was one of he's a good partner of mine. We work on other projects. He was working on a project with his friend in Africa who has this company called Elevate Network or this nonprofit that he wants to start called Elevate Network. They've been doing events every year. They've already built a lot of traction in Africa with it. So now it's time to make it an official 501c3 in America. So now it's Steven's job to apply for that for that license or for that certification or that status out here in America. We're going to apply for that, get the 501c3 and establish Elevate Network out here. And once you establish it, you can already write yourself in within the application saying that I'm a board member. So I'll be the treasurer. I'm sorry. I'll be the secretary on that board. Even for one little light, I'm also the secretary on that board. As far as strong women in action, uh, Florette Lucent, that's my cousin. She she called me one day, told me that she was about to have an event in 2018. We had the event. It was a great event for her nonprofit called Strong Women in Action. We wanted to do a lot of more programs after that, but we knew that we just time wasn't in our hand and even just money wasn't on our side. So. We knew that we had to take a step back and kind of just build a team around the nonprofit. So she looked around for others. She also co-founded it with her friend, LaShonda. So those, both the two of them, they were building strong women in action in terms of the idea, the vision, the mission. And then they brought me and a few others on board by just voting us in after they got approved for the 501c3. And the voting is very similar to Ozma's One Little Light where you just come into the meeting and, you know, they just say, hey, do you guys agree that we vote on this person? Boom. And then I'm going to be the treasurer for that board. Now, as far as like time and commitment, all that sort of stuff, it's very lenient as a part of a board. You don't really do much except dictate and set the and set rules and, and really tell. You really just help the founder or the yeah, the founder or the chief executive, you really help them run the business better. That's really what a board does. Some boards are required to contribute money so or they're con- uh, required to contribute connections. So a lot of people get chosen to join a board because they have a lot of connections that can help with grants or they, maybe they have a lot of money that they can provide a grant themselves. But yeah, the it differs on which nonprofit you're part of. So if they're in, if they're if it's a startup nonprofit, that's going to be completely different with an established nonprofit. Yeah, that's awesome, and it's a really good segue into um, what you do full time. So as you think about the the many different businesses um, that you've worked with and um, the many that you hope to work uh, with in the future, 
um, at least kind of stemming back into the ones you work with in the past, like uh, what are the different stages you worked at and the kind of different challenges, um, just very high level and stuff too. And then maybe um, some of the industries that you work with or perhaps have been most excited to work with too along your um, vision so far. I know there's many more in the future too, um, but just in terms of your current experience and all the ones you work with, um, I'd just like to know a little bit more about that. So, Of course, of course. Now, great question. So a lot of the businesses that I work with, many of them are in their startup phase, first to three-year operations. Some of them are in their second year. Some of them are in their third year of operations. Some of them are in their first year. All of them do not have an employee. As of today, all of my clients don't have an employee. They're just working by themselves. So what we're doing is a lot of writing down their systems and writing down the operations, right? Creating that operational procedure manual. And what that what that is, is just a manual or a booklet of what do you do on a day-to-day basis, on an hourly basis? What is necessary to be done? What is also the quality control measurements or quality control deadlines that you have on a day-to-day basis, right? So... One one business that I work with is called Romeo Smoothies and Juices, and that whole the whole mission with that is to provide smoothies and beverages to help people be more healthier, right? Make it more accessible in low income communities. So a lot of the things that we're doing is writing down the processes it takes to make the smoothies, the process for her to be at the store. Right, writing down all those processes and things that need to be done so that way she can delegate. Because like I mentioned, many of the businesses that I'm working with, in fact, all of my clients as of today, all of them have no employees. So they're doing all the work. They're self-employed. And as a business owner, you want to make sure you have a plan in place to remove yourself from wearing that hat as a self-employer to now wearing the hat as a business owner. Right. And calling the shots and delegating the processes to other people. So it's important that you know everything it takes to run your business and to operate your business. So that way you can remove yourself from the business, go on vacation for a year, but yet your business is still operating the same way as if you were there, if not better. In order to help startups overcome the common obstacles immediately before starting the business, I'm helping them with their operational manual helping them with their five-year vision what do they want to become what is going to be required in terms of uh, processes systems resources and personnel what type of people will you need in your business in order to achieve that five-year vision yeah that makes sense um it's really interesting um getting to hear the stories from you as as you really help um a lot of these business owners really kind of standardize a lot of the the things that they do um you know, I was just, just talking to you earlier before this about, you know, this three-step framework um, that my company uses, and it's, you know, awareness, achievement, and optimization. So awareness is, you know, just getting people generally to be aware. Um, so a great example for Romeo Smoothies would just be like, hey, have you ever even um, thought about using smoothies or having them on a week-to-week basis? You know, there's a lot of people that um, aren't even getting the vegetables or the fruits that they need. And, you know, even for me, I constantly use smoothies because it's just a great way you know, after I finish it, eight ounces, I'm done with all the kale and, you know, all the all the veggies I need for the day. So I'm not sacrificing nutrients, but I also don't have to sit down and eat a salad or do all, all of those things, even though you should do that as well, too. Um, achievement is, you know, hey, we're doing these things, um, but now 
um, let's just figure out how to like process um, and standardize it out a little bit more just to make it more efficient. And then optimization is kind of getting down to the the more nitty gritty, um, which means you're already, you know, you're using a vendor like Andrew or something to provide those services. But now it's just like, hey, Andrew, you know, 2% of our people that are on the email list are buying. Um, how do we get that up to 4%? Um, and how do we get, you know, a thousand people viewed our campaign? How do we get to 2000 people and such? Um, so much more the technical down the realms. Um, in addition to all that work at Entree Dupe, um, I also understand that you're the co-founder of a startup called Young Hustlers Under 40 Network. Yes, um, can you explain a little bit more about that and yeah. um, and your role in? So that's my baby. That's my startup, right? That's, that's my social proof. So as a consultant, I don't necessarily have to build a business with that, right? It's my freelance business. So that's me going and me putting in the work. So if I don't work, there's no money. So that's not a business, right? That's a freelance type of uh, position that I hold as a startup consultant. In the future, I do plan to turn that into a business by hiring an assistant first and then hiring a different business consultant and then teaching them the processes and teaching them systems so that way they can provide the same type of consultation that I'm providing. Obviously, they're going to have their own taste and I'm going to have my own taste and own style. But at the same time, I have a framework that I go that I use to help these startups. So if I can teach that to a, a new startup consultant, they can now use my framework and work under Entree Dupe. And now we can start scaling Entree Dupe. Even if we hire a web developer, web developer or we hire a photographer or a videographer or a graphic designer, now we're, put, we're hiring these roles in-house. And now we can go out and start producing content at a much greater scale and have our Entree Dupe style of content that people want to create content with. And... But that's that's Entre Dupe. As far as Young Hustlers Under 40, yes, that's my new startup. So that in itself is completely a startup, right? So we're in our first year. Um, it's not our first year of operations. We're in our first year of really beta testing, right? We we tested out a few events last year. We tested out running a membership. People kind of engaged with the membership. We were only able to sell two memberships. So it wasn't a great success with the membership portion of it. But the events had some good turnout each event. We were building more and more anticipation and more and more people were coming to our event. So we realized that we can pro we can make a product out of these events, including our membership. We can make some type of a product, but we're going to need to learn what that product looks like for the people that we're that we expect to be our target audience. So with that being said, we're doing a lot of work for in 2020 to learn and really get to know our target audience even more. We're going to be asking them questions, getting feedback from them, exploring different target audiences, different niches, and seeing, okay, which target audience can we serve the best or more efficiently and build a business out of helping them, right? Because just because you can help your target audience doesn't mean you can necessarily build a business out of it. So in this first year, we're going to be testing a lot of our assumptions one of our biggest assumptions with Young House Under 40 is that our brand, our individual brand is not as strong as our accumulative brand. So we're betting that if we all come together and put our brands together, then it will be much easier to, to build our individual brands from that. Right. So that's one assumption. We're going to test that out. 
The other assumption is that entrepreneurs like to go to events and learn from experts. That's an assumption that has been tested and proved correct in many cases, but we want to it's an assumption to say that that's a scalable and profitable business. So we're going to be testing that out, hosting events. Is that scalable? Is that profitable? I believe it is. We're going to test that assumption out. So there's quite a few assumptions that we want to first test out and validate before we go into our first year of operations, which is obviously just selling the product and collecting revenue and collecting data and improving the product and optimizing funnels and all that sort of stuff. So we're not there yet. But yeah, that's my baby. That's my startup. It's my first startup. It's my first business. So this is definitely going to this is where I'm going to be putting all the things that I help other businesses with all the tools that I help other startups with. I'm going to be for sure putting that into Young Hustles Under 40. So y'all going to see whether or not are my strategies good or my tactics good or is my consultation good? Let's find out, you know, but as of now, Young Hustles Under 40 is taking a very slow journey because that's how I see how business is. I don't think you can, if you're building a business that's never been created before, then it, it's not going to take that first year. It's going to take a few years before you even know how to build the business or what the business looks like. You got to test out the service or the product for a few months, a few years before you can build the business out of it. So we're not in a rush right now. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, it's really exciting to get to see um, the process of you building the business. Uh, our listeners will get to be a part of that process too. Um, maybe some of them will even attend Young Hustlers on the 40 events. Um, so I'm very excited to see um, the future of how all this plays out, um, as well as Entre Dupe and your role um, with the many different nonprofit boards. Um, so just to cap this off, uh, I'm just going to go through a quick speed round of questions. Um, some of them planned, some I'll see if I can improvise on the spot and be creative. Um, and then after that, uh, we'll just cap it off with a few takeaways that you want the audience to leave with heading out. And then that'll be the end of this episode. Great. All right. Awesome. Um, so favorite sport? Favorite sport is boxing. Nice. Uh, who's your favorite boxer? Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Um, all right, so quickly, favorite basketball team? Favorite basketball team today or lifetime? Uh, let's do both. So I would say today, the Lakers, I love them. It's nice. a young crowd. I love LeBron's leadership, and he's really making these players better players. I like how Rondo is doing his thing right now, too. All time, damn, that's going to be tough. Kind of just, I would say, like top three. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say definitely... Um, Michael Jordan's team, I'm going to say uh, when he got Scottie Pippen. So I think that was what, like, maybe, like, when they got their first or the second championship, I believe, mm -hmm. second and third championship, you know, when they were versing, like, the Detroit Pistons. Um, and they were also versing, like, Utah Jazz. When they were having those rivalries, I love that Jordan team. And um, because they were well-rounded. Nice. Now kind of going into the new era, I would say I also like the – the Warriors at one point were my favorite team when it was just Steph and Clay. Just seeing Steph come out of nowhere and really be the underdog in a lot of cases, but really kill. He went for the kill. Like, that's a real champion. Stephen Curry got real champion in him. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, he got KD after, but he got real champion in him, and I see it. So I like that team. And for the third team, I'm going to say Kobe Bryant's team, right? We, we know he didn't pass the ball a lot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, for him to get five rings, bro. Like you know, like Kobe, Kobe just himself is a great team. So shout out to them. 
Nice. That's awesome. Um, I guess for secondary sports, do you watch football at all? Or? Football? No, nah, I don't really watch too much football, but I do like the Patriots just because they're killing. <laughs> I remember the Vikings, though. I remember uh, Bet Favre, right? Uh, or Pat Favre. Bet oh, Favre. Bet, Brett Favre. You Brett got Favre. it. When he came, when he came out of retirement at 40 years old and joined the Vikings and went on that winning streak. I don't think he won that year, but that winning streak, I loved it. The passes he was throwing, they were medium passes, you know what I mean? They weren't too long. They were just medium, accurate passes, just really pushing that drive. It was a long drive, but mm-hmm. he was winning them games like that. Like, it was just it was just such a vet. He was just showing his vet, like his vet status with that year. So I really liked that team. I ain't even going front. <laughs> and, of course, the Seahawks because I like, I like Marshawn Lynch, but even – the Dan, what is his name? Danny Wilson, Russell Wilson. Yeah, yeah, I think he did a good job too with the Seahawks. Nice, that's awesome. And the Eagles too with Michael Vick. No, that's awesome. I I followed it a ton growing up. Um, still follow a little bit to this day. Went off for a few years, but um, gradually getting back into it. Um, favorite place you traveled to so far outside of Mass? Damn, very limited on that. So. <laughs> Obviously, I'm going to have to say uh, Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Our trip to Las Vegas was great. I definitely enjoyed that. So that was definitely my favorite experience. Nice. Um, favorite class you took while you're at Salem State? Favorite class? I'm going to, you know, I got to give it to Sanjay James. I hope <laughs> Sanjay James listens. To this <laughs> I love it. Because that, which class was this? It was all his classes, really. Because, man, he's a hard teacher. He don't take no for an answer. He's just a very disciplined dude. I got to reach out to him because, you know, it's the teacher that makes the class, right? And for him, he always saw me as, like, his pupil, like his – I can see he, he saw maybe himself and me in some ways, you know what I mean? And he always was pushing me and challenging me and just questioning me, but he knew that I could handle it. So definitely his class, the class that we took last was the financial – I think it was financial analysis, right? Or investment analysis, right? So that's when we learned about just like how to run models on securities, equities, bonds, and and things of that nature. So that investment analysis class was definitely my favorite and the most challenging. I failed it three times, bro. I had to take summer class for that, bro. But summer class came hard, got a beat. Nice. That's what's up. Uh, favorite food? Favorite food? Or at least one on top of your mind now. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I've been eating a lot of pizza lately, but that's not my favorite food. I would say my favorite food, no bull right now, bro, is Mexican food. <laughs> this past year, since I got put on to Mexican food, I'm like, yeah, this food is rocking. You know I mean? The guacamole, the rice, the beans, the steak. Mexicans really be putting this down. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Uh, every time he comes over, he just he's like, "Where's the nearest Mexican spot?" And he wants real Mexican food. Yeah. I love it. Um, and on the topic of favorite food, favorite drink. Favorite drink, like mm-hmm. beverage overall, or you talking about alcohol? Uh, we'll go beverage overall. Beverage overall, man, I like water. I used mm-hmm. to like a lot of juice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, I can never go wrong with mango juice. I love mango juice, but yeah, water, water hits the spot every time, bro. Nice. Um, favorite book that you've read so far? 
favorite book right now my favorite book is the lean startup because it applies so much to my life right now as an entrepreneur and it helps me so much with my business and thinking about how to progress with it but favorite book over time will have to be the malcolm x biography just because that definitely helps shape me to the man that i am today right just understanding and and knowing and being aware that there's a black man who was portrayed as a gangster who was able to turn his life around and be one of the most intellectual visionaries of our gener if of, of humanity really. So shout out to the Malcolm X book by Alex Haley. That's awesome. Um favorite podcast that you're currently listening to? Favorite podcast, I would say it's scale your it's what is it called? Ten X your business. Ten X my business. Um forget the exact name of it but i know it's something around like 10x mm-hmm. and the reason why i like that podcast is just because he, he invites speakers who are who are really killing it i'm sorry it's called growth experts with dennis brown so that that podcast i really enjoy it the the guests he be bringing on are always powerful and i also like tom billu's podcast too and the martech podcast as well so uh, just mostly business podcasts that i listen to awesome and then um, to wrap it up for the speed round of questions, two things that are on your bucket list, um, two things you'd want to achieve in your lifetime and nothing business related. Two things I want to achieve in my lifetime. I want to marry my, my, my soulmate. <laughs> you know what I mean, I think in today's generation that's becoming more obsolete or more of a, of a, of a hard to reach goal so for me yeah just marrying my soulmate and like i think that would be a very big milestone for me is when i find someone that i really enjoy spending time with if not all my time with and marrying that person and not letting them go and my second my my second bucket list would probably be having a family you know what i mean like not everybody can have a kid anything can happen like to me or my future spouse right my soulmate so you know definitely having a family and raising children multiple children not just one i want a few you know what i mean i want a little basketball team that's a big milestone for me oh awesome i love it um what about skydiving skydiving man i ain't really <laughs> for me it's always been like why do people why do people want to make themselves scared i mean yeah overcoming your fear is always a great blessing i don't have a fear of heights so it's like i don't really need to overcome that you put me in a helicopter i can look down i'd love to look down but as far as like jumping down like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll do it just to say I did it, but it's not like I don't I don't really find myself saying, yo, I got to go skydiving. <laughs> like, because I think there's some people who really get a rush where they would want to do it every week. Yeah. Like, yeah, every week I got to go skydiving. <laughs> and I ain't, that's just not me. Like, <laughs> I got to just read or sit at the crib. Like, I don't know. But I guess I'll do it, you know, if, if someone wants to do it. But that's it. I don't think I would find much enjoyment i'll be happy i did i'll be in a with a lot of adrenaline but i think after a couple weeks i'll forget about it yeah that's funny that's one of the things on my bucket list but the main reason why is i'm scared of heights but um no need to skydive because in entrepreneurship you're jumping out of a plane and you're building the parachute on the way down so (laughs) 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 (laughs)
crazy. Like, yo, pro, pull the pull the parachute, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I still not here. <laughs> he said it's still not here. All right, I'm dead. All right. Um, just to cap it off, um, as you think about the whole conversation today, uh, <laughs> building the parachute, um, the businesses that you work with, the nonprofits, um, your background, the things that have motivated you, um, if the audience could only take away, let's say, three things from this conversation, what would you want them to take away? Well, for one, thank you for even sharing that analogy, bro, because that was such a great analogy. <laughs> I would say before you jump off the plane, get an operational manual to how to create the the, the parachute you don't want to be trying to figure it out on your way down you should already have some type of instructional manual that will tell you first do that first then do this then do that then do this so that when you're on your way down you're going to build that you know you're going to build that parachute before you touch the ground which is obviously learn how to create a business learn how to run a business learn how to scale a business learn how to start a business learn all that sort of stuff first have mentors that are already experienced in those those areas have uh, some type of a manual or guides or books and a lot of resources to help you through those different areas and then start the business and then launch it you know what i mean get that stuff beforehand don't do it while you're while you started the business because that was one of my biggest things that i did was start trying to start the business while still learning about business and that didn't really work out too well and two other ones i'll go through those ones quicker um another key takeaway is again just really because i don't want to mention operations because that's pretty much what i just mentioned but i think for small businesses a good key takeaway is a marketing and funnels and sales um as i was explaining just a little bit about being more intentional with your content and being and knowing what that content is created for and where does it fit along the customer journey and helping them go through the customer journey just being very intentional about that stuff and write it down i think too many times people go through a free-for-all with marketing you know they just say okay i'm just gonna post everything hey this is what we do this is what we do this is what we do and a lot of times it's just post it's like it's like templates that they're using and they're changing a few words people are so lazy to just create a video um what i've noticed is that where I provide a lot of value is just saying, hey, we're going to shoot an About Us video. Just that About Us video provides so much value because many businesses don't even have that. And with that About Us video, you're not selling. You're really building trust. You're building um, credibility for your name and the company. With that trust and credibility, those people are now more likely to watch your other content. And when that other content is comes out, that content can be more salesy and have more call to actions, right? And they'll be more likely to respond and engage with those call to actions because you already built trust and credibility with them. So don't get into a rush trying to sell whatever you have. Take a step back with the marketing. Look at it as like it's dating. You don't want to just tell the customer, hey, buy on the first night. If you do, most likely they're not going to buy again because they just bought off spontaneous or off instinct or whatever so for them tomorrow they're gonna be like damn why did i even buy that i didn't even need it you know what i mean take your time with your customer get to know them individually if you can because each customer is different just because they all need water some people might need water that is ionized some people can taste the little metals or whatever with water and they're picky about that stuff 
learn your customer and then provide them with the product and the solution and the third one is really just you know just educate yourself be around podcasts like this listen to podcasts like that read more books around it kind of going back to the first takeaway that i said really just educating yourself around business i think not enough people are intentional about growing themselves within the knowledge of business and growing themselves period so earlier in the in the podcast i was mentioning how i made my five-year vision and or my five-year plan and a lot of it was just me as andrew not as the business right so the business itself has its own five-year plan but before i can do that i need to know what's andrew's five-year plan and vision right because that will determine how much time and effort that i can put into the business's five-year vision so be very conscious about um putting in education and growth personal development and personal growth within your five-year vision and your five-year plan all right um that was a great episode andrew just want to say thank you for um allowing us to learn more about you your experience um really wanted to go in depth on this episode um as you potentially listen to future episodes i think it's important just to know who it is you're listening to a little bit more about you know their journey why they started and hopefully some of it relates to you um would love to hear about your journey and how it starts um so definitely interact with our content and um as always, don't forget to leave a review on your platform of choice, whatever it is that you use to listen to your podcasts. Um, but I just want to say thank you. You guys could be anywhere in the world, but you were with us. And um, so thanks for listening. All right. Have a great rest of your week. And Andrew, if you want to just say any last words. Yeah, man. Thank you for the great questions that you had. Definitely just it, it sparked my brain and got me going in different directions. So thank you for those great questions. And thank you guys for listening, of course. And like Amari said, I know there's so many things you guys could be doing, but instead you're listening to our podcast and you're giving us that time. So thank you. And if you really want to support, please just share it to a friend. If you know a business or a startup or an entrepreneur that would benefit from this podcast, please share them the link, show them the video, show them the podcast, show them the, the Instagram, whatever it may be, just show it to them and really get them to test it out hear it out and see if it fits them or if it benefits them as well if you think you would be a business that needs to be on this show to help other businesses please reach out to us contact us if you have any feedback let us know how we can improve all that sort of stuff comment on it subscribe leave a review do whatever you can to help give us feedback and give us more data but yeah that's pretty much it for now we'll see y'all on the next episode Adios. It's moon. I just wanna buy my mama a house.